we're live. Over the past two years, I've traveled to dozens of WordCamps, from Boston to Atlanta, New York to San Francisco, Chicago to London, and many more in between. But two of these camps really stuck out to me, Warsaw, Poland, and Mumbai, India. What I realized in these two cities is that the WordPress community that we in the West know is only the tip of the iceberg. These camps are full of brilliant people doing the same things we are. They're running agencies, they're developing and designing, they're writing copy, and they're trying to figure out how to rank on Google. But they're doing it in way more isolation. What I found in these communities is that they feel, for the most part, like islands. They're hungry to be a part of the broader global community. They want to contribute to core. They want to come work for web dev and 10up and automatic but they don't feel welcome and they don't feel worthy. Uh, and while part of this responsibility is on them to, uh, to, to put themselves out there, part of it is on us because we are a global community. So I encourage you to go to WordCamps in developing markets, make connections with the guys and girls who make up that global WordPress community because without them, we're all missing out. And without them, WordPress will never get to 51% of the internet. I'm Sam Hotchkiss and the Dragcast starts now. From the bowels of WordPress Nation, it's t t t t you know what time it is. All operators are busy at this time. Please hold. Drag. For the Dragcast. Here to talk WordPress news, events, and fizzy pop with community leaders. Ultimately letting smarter people run the show weekly. We bring you your favorite Santan alumnus, Brad Williams and Dre Armada. Sit back, folks. Grab something to sip on. And get ready to press on. The Dreadcast starts now. All right. It is Dreadcast episode 79. I'm ready to start right now by curling up in a ball because I feel <laughs> if you can if you can tell how I feel based on how I sound, uh, it's not great. But Dre, man, I'm here to power through because we're going to have a great show and I'm not going to miss chatting with Sam. So how are you doing over there? Uh, I'm doing great even though we got the, the bread octave level at an all-time <laughs> high today. But global community indeed, I'm pretty excited about this 50% we will reach one day. How you doing, buddy, besides being sick? I'm doing good, man. There's a lot of uh, a lot of happenings in the WordPress world this week, which is always uh, uh, fun for the most part. There might be some some topics that maybe aren't as fun, but overall, it's always fun when there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Um, exciting times out there, and we have a pretty awesome interview to get into. So, without further ado, I would like to officially bring on our host, Mr. Sam Hotchkiss. And Sam is the founder of Brew Protect, which some of you may be familiar with, which was actually acquired by Automatic in uh, August of 2014. And now Sam is a is uh, an awesome member on the Jetpack team over at Automatic. So, Sam, welcome to the show. If I can find my mute button. Thank <laughs> you very much, Brad. And we just talked about the mute hotkey, which you just uh, yeah. saw. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's the beauty of our show. The sloppier, the better, we always say it. So, uh, very excited to have you on. We actually... Uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into the, uh, we'll get into the uh, interview here in a second. Before we do, I need to know what you guys are sipping on. Hey, maybe, maybe not. No sound effect, no sipping. Remember how we talked about that mute button? <laughs> hey, what you sipping on? All right. Well, you can probably assume that I am not sipping on alcohol. Um, I wanted like a Quicker, lit on fire. Some, some nice tea to try to soothe my throat uh, in my sad Phillies cup. 
<laughs> cold game, cold game, man. Uh, Trey, what do you got over there? Well, I'm um, Diet Coke of the uh, cherry variety is what I'm rolling, and then I've got a, I even got a snack today, a paleo muffin with a little bit of almond butter. We <laughs> eat snacks on the show. We are today. We are today. I like it. Sam, you are the redeemer, my friend. Please tell me you have something other than... I, I, I had to redeem you guys. I've got the uh, uh, whiskey from uh, High West Distillery in uh, Park City, Utah, Ooh, and uh, some water as well. Very oh, nice. I, that's, that does sound delicious. You know, so I, that's, um, that's a drag cast first, I think, where both the hosts are, are drinking, uh, not drinking alcohol, and the guest is is actually pulling through. So so kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank sir. you. Hey, Thank hey. you. you know, uh, I got I got to calm the nerves in meeting with you guys. Oh. <laughs> oh man, I had to calm my nerves hanging out with Dre every day. <laughs> for other reasons, of course, but <laughs> for other reasons. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. So we first met actually not that long ago. Even even though I heard about your travels and your work camps, I know we've been to work camps together. We just didn't happen to to get a chance to meet or, or discuss, and I think that's a, it's a, it's an awesome thing and a, and a bad thing about work camps, right? It's probably awesome because we're having awesome conversations with other people. It's a bad thing because we didn't get to meet up until yep. a couple months ago at Work Camp London, um, and I had a had a nice time chatting with you and learning a little bit about what you're doing. Um, but generally, how we like to start these interviews is kind of rewind it back a little bit. Um, so we'll get into what you're doing now and kind of how you got there. But let's go back even further and how you really kind of got interested in computers, um, the web in general, and then we'll kind of take it from there. All right, so uh, you know, I, I can tell you I, I got uh, uh, my first computer at home. I had a Mac Classic when I was uh, five or so. Uh, by the time I was in second grade, my elementary school in Southern California had uh, bought me a pager so that they could call me in to fix the computers uh, evenings and weekends. <laughs> <laughs> you, were that, you were the nerdy guy with the pager. Yeah, yeah no, I... <laughs> right. Yeah, I was the uh, I was the nerd with the pager, and uh, yeah, I, I started uh, coding with HyperCard um, back then, and uh, uh, writing uh, writing scripts and stacks, and uh, uh, went on from there. I started my first web development company uh, in eighth grade uh, called Web Design Guys, uh, and we we built a couple uh, websites for uh, local subdivisions. And uh, uh, yeah, from there it just uh, it just kept going. The web guys building sites. So, what, so back then, I gotta know what kind of sites were you guys building as the web guys? Oh, we were using uh, image maps. Uh, image maps were big. Um, a little bit of PHP so that we could have a contact form. That was uh, that was a big thing. Uh, and uh, you know, other than that, a, a lot of HTML, a little bit of CSS, and uh, Sweet, sweet image maps. Oh man! Image oh, and, or... and some flash. <laughs> oh man, it's the uh, the gambit of of things that make me cringe. <laughs> For the most part, a couple of those are okay, but uh, no, no, we all understand image maps, man. You're right. I lived and died by image maps. You can do such cool things with image maps. Like right? my whole menu would be like one image. Yeah, <laughs> and then just a, you know a link for each item. But um, image maps were pretty awesome back in the day. Right. That's pretty cool. So, so you kind of were doing websites with your with your friends on the side, um, getting on the web a little bit, exploring some of the technologies. Yep. Where did you Where did you start getting a little bit more serious about it and kind of diving in and realizing this might be something you want to kind of focus on in your in your life in your career? So I, I went in a uh, a few different directions. I went to uh, 
out of my, my job working for a real company. I worked for Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory in Durango, Colorado. Uh, I like to tell people I used to be skinny, uh, and, and <laughs> that happened. But uh, I, I worked there. Uh, I, I actually took an uh, Arduino and attached it to a 60-year-old uh, piece of chocolate manufacturing equipment so we could track downtime and... Uh, I had a lot of fun with that, and That's then cool. uh, right after I got married, uh, my wife and I decided that we wanted to sort of get out and do our own thing, and so uh, we set up our own agency, and uh, which, you know, I'd been doing a little bit of uh, moonlighting on the side, but we decided to make it a full-time thing, and for about six months, she went on to every Craigslist in every city looking at their, uh, their gigs uh, and uh, web jobs available. She would send uh, two to three thousand emails a week to wow. everyone, saying, "Hey, maybe uh, maybe you want to use WordPress for that." And uh, we went from there. You know, we got maybe uh, maybe one out of a thousand uh, turned into a lead that would email back, and uh, one out of three of those turned into a client. And uh, your own mobile marketing team—that is right? really that's creative. <laughs> You're probably responsible for like one percent of the twenty-four percent of people that are on WordPress just, <laughs> yeah. just by spreading the word. Even though they're getting hungry, they probably piqued their interest. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> pretty neat. I mean, that I think that's cool because that's just like you know, that's just grunt work doing whatever you can to make it work. You know what I mean? Getting out there, get, getting getting your name in front of people, getting your products or services in front of people, and doing whatever you can to 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 get some clients and, and make some money. I love yep. those stories. WordPress hustling. So what uh, roughly what time frame was this? What year are we talking about here? Um, so that was uh, uh, around 0809. 08-09, Okay. So all of our listeners out there, what, let's see what version of WordPress are we working with? 2008. That's actually when 2008 is when Web Dev Studio started officially. Yeah. Um, so that should help me kind of home in on the version. <laughs> Dre, do you know the answer? I want to say. Is it like two two six or two seven something? Yeah, like it, it was pre two seven. I remember because the refresh. Happened after we started, but I think later in the year, maybe yeah. or early 2009. Yeah, I think it was probably And I'm sure it'll be corrected because that's probably completely wrong. But oh, it's like, <laughs> I should probably actually have the answers so we can check that out. Um, I'll look that up while we're talking. So that's cool. So you're getting into WordPress, you're developing. This is 2008. WordPress is still at that point, by and large, considered a blogging platform. Yep. Nobody's really. There's a few, you know, people talking about the CMS angle. Um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a common conversation. Um, Two it was five. Two five. Okay. Yeah, we're close. We're, we're in the realm. That's not bad. You beat me to it. Um, yeah, two point seven released in December of '08. Yeah. So there, there you have yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were right in there. Yeah. So, what type of sites were you going after? Were you look try? Was it just anything, or were you actually trying to go after you know bloggers? Were you kind so, of already thinking outside of the box at that point at a CMS level? So really, when, when we started, actually, we, we weren't WordPress only for a couple of years. And what we did is we, uh, I would specialize in two platforms. Either I would build uh, sort of sales site type concepts with, uh, with WordPress or build more advanced systems with uh, CodeIgniter. Uh, and we used CodeIgniter as a uh, uh, platform for that and uh, until... Uh, 2010 when uh, when 3.0 came out, but 
Yeah, uh, on the WordPress site, we were we were targeting a lot of uh, uh, you know, sales type sites. Uh, you know, not getting too crazy uh, until we got uh, you know broader support for custom post types. Yeah, and that's I think a lot of the, the you know freelancers, shops, whoever it was at the time. I don't think any there weren't many people 100% dedicated to WordPress at that point, if any. Yeah in terms of agencies because it wasn't that it was that blogging platform it wasn't that CMS so if somebody was looking to, to build something a little more robust they weren't thinking WordPress um, and even if we were thinking WordPress it was a much harder sell yep um, you really had to talk them into it. and I think a lot of people nowadays they think oh start an agency uh, WordPress back then that must have been great because you good timing it's like well it wasn't all it wasn't all like this magical realm where like everybody that walked in the door is like I want WordPress I, we were yeah. selling WordPress more than we were people asking for it you know yeah, exactly um, so yeah, it's funny. Similar pass until about, yeah. like you said, about 3.0 came out, and then it really got to the point where you could pretty much do what you needed at yeah. any level. Yep. Um, very yeah, because cool. I mean, you you saw you saw support for new post types in what 2.9 somewhere in there, and then like a really really uh, cleaned up uh, CPT capability in three. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, I mean that's you're talking a couple releases or at least major releases later. Uh, you're not, I mean, 2010 time frame. So the maturity there, even uh, adoption was well was well in its infancy uh, into what it became, uh, you know, beyond being a platform for, for blogging. So that's, I think where, that's where you saw the growth, uh, uh, especially from the, the small subculture that we are, that, that community helping build around and, and with WordPress, uh, that, that maturity start to whoop. Everybody's getting their bit their big boy pants on. Yep, yep. And really, I I didn't even realize that the community existed until uh, later in 2011 when sure. I went to my first WordCamp. You know, I I think that there are probably a lot of developers out there now who still have no idea that there's this broader community. You know, they're just uh, they they're taking a uh, a piece of open source software and and doing it for clients and uh, and that's as far as it goes. Yeah, I think we've talked about it quite a bit on this show. One of the, the – WordPress is a great platform, great piece of software. I think the reason it's gotten so popular in the past few years really is the community and people realizing there is a greater community. We're seeing more meetup groups. You talked about it in your uh, monologue, which I thought was really cool because you're seeing these kind of WordCamps pop up in, in all sorts of areas all over the country. Um, it's spreading, and it's still spreading. Even though it powers almost a quarter of the internet, there's still areas that have probably know nothing about WordPress, or that there's a community, or maybe that the someone down the street is doing the same thing they're doing, and they're just not talking to each other because they haven't met, you know. Or they see WordPress in a negative light because they're just not experienced or educated with its capabilities and how strong it really is, or how secure it, it could be. Now, when I was in the Navy, I decided to get out, and one of the primary reasons was because I felt I wanted to do something big at, for a larger audience help in a way that uh, can change the way that can impact something. I think that I, I, I was able to capture a little bit of that through security, and I think you've done so the same way in the, in the sense that you started out being a geek helping your local school, and that's super <laughs> awesome. You were, uh, you were up to technology then, rocking your pager and the whole nine. <laughs> But now you're at a point where you've held people in our world, our community, WordPress, 25% of the internet, in, uh, in creating a software that's been installed in over a million and a half websites and it's defended over 800 million brute force attacks worldwide and a damn quickly growing number. Yeah. So kudos, kudos to that. But before we get into where that's at now and how amazing that must feel, I want to know how the hell you bridged your, your geek 
kind of uh, love and passion and experience for creating stuff on the web into such a uh, such a helpful piece on the security side. How did that come about? So really, uh, you, you know, I'm not a security guy, and uh, I've seen some of your uh, your WordCamp talks, Dre, where you get up there and say, uh, you know, that that you're not a security expert. Uh, I, I am much less of a security expert than you are. Uh, I really, you know, my my passion uh, has always been for uh, finding problems that need a solution and solving them. And so, uh, you know, I, I uh, follow along with the uh, WP Hackers mailing list. Mm -hmm. And uh, back a, a couple years ago, uh, God bless we were you. talking about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a lot noisier back then, but yeah. 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 <laughs> I, you know, there was a conversation going on about uh, uh, how how do we protect against this new type of attack, the distributed brute force attack. Sure. And uh, you know, I, I thought about it for a few minutes, and I said, hey, this, you know, this is something that uh, could be done pretty easily through a plugin like uh, like Jetpack. Mm -hmm. And I, I put it out there that that could be a module, and uh, nobody responded. And I waited a couple more days, and nobody responded. And so uh, I, uh, I say, you know, I think this is this is a good idea, and this could work. I don't see any reason why it couldn't. And so I, uh, I went down into my basement for a day, and uh, started about seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, finished about three o'clock that night, and wrote uh, the plugin and the API, uh, and pushed it to the uh, the plugin repo at the end of the day. That's pretty awesome. What I mean, so you talk about security, about not being an expert, but that's one of those fields, um, and I'm certainly the least out of all three of us if we're if we're doing an order here. Uh, <laughs> but that's one of those fields that if you get into it, there's got to be a little bit of an intimidation factor in terms of if if you push something out with the with the idea of you know protecting somebody's site and something goes wrong, yeah, uh, there could be big consequences for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of come to terms with that and and say, look, you know, I'm going to do this to help people. Regardless of what you know, what consequences they come from. So that was, uh, you know, one of the reasons I made a, a very conscious decision early on that I'm not going to try and build the all-encompassing security solution. I'm going to try and solve one problem and try and solve it really well. I don't want to be, uh, you know, the next, uh, uh, you know, iTheme security or WordFence or Bulletproof, you know, or or security. I want to be, you know, a plugin that solves distributed brute force attacks and does it well. So, you know, I felt like that was a uh, sort of well-defined enough problem um, that, that I felt pretty confident that, uh, you know, it, it's a clear problem and I can see a clear solution. Um, so let's tackle it that way. Uh, and I want to get into kind of some differentiating facts and discussion around uh, distributed brute force and distributed uh, denial of service attacks because they're very different. They yep. affect very different. The motive is very different. And I think it's helpful for people to understand those 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 differences. Um, sure. But you you so you built this thing. Before we get there, let's 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 step back now. Now sure. now that you're at where you're at, you've bridged kind of that discussion about what your your technical. Uh, history as problem solving and that passion to, to 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 make sure that there's a fix for those things, and and you create this this gem. I mean, this thing that's that's uh, man, I, kudos because it is it was a big problem. It's still a big problem, um, and there's still a big need for it. So it's helping a lot of folks. How does that feel now, man? Like it's pretty cool. The success behind. I mean, this. 
you know, some some days we sort of sit back and, uh, uh, you know, start to think about the uh, the timeline behind all of this. Uh, last week was uh, two years to the day uh, from the day I, I sat in the basement and, uh, <laughs> you know, to have grown to be installed on one and a half million websites in two years and, uh, you know, be closing in on a billion uh, attacks uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, geez, within within uh, less than a year, uh, and, and this is taking into consideration the footprint, the amount of people that had it installed at that time, but by April 2014, you had already blocked over 50 million attacks. Yep. That's sick, dude. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, it sick to my stomach just thinking about how many attacks are going on that aren't being blocked, you know? Well, and that's the problem, right? Out of sight, out of mind until you're hacked, and that's where security yeah. would come in and help you because you weren't yeah. taking, uh, you know, preventative measures to, to yeah. stop these things. But So this this built enough momentum, and, and obviously a lot of people caught sight of its value uh, beyond, obviously, you taking the time to build this thing and nurture it into life, uh, wherein you attracted a small little company, hole-in-the-wall joint, named Automatic, um, in August of 2014 that, that uh, was pretty interested in what you were doing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I would love to uh, sit here and, and tell you how brilliant I am and that, uh, you know, I, I uh, went and I slayed everything uh, single-handedly. Really, you know, I, I uh, solved a problem. I had a couple great guys who were working for me at that point sure. uh, who sort of helped support and carry us through. And got really lucky that we got covered on uh, WP Tavern early on. That mm -hmm. was how we got our first bump to 5,000 users because without any users, uh, you know, there's no data coming in. Um, and then, uh, you know, I happened to uh, to know an angel investor out in uh, San Diego who I'd uh, uh, done some work with previously who uh, happened to hear about this and think it was a great idea and uh, begged me to grow it. And uh, so I took his money and uh, happened across, uh, you know, a number of great guys. Uh, and I called up uh, my friend Jesse Friedman, who I'd met at, uh, at a WordCamp there in Boston. Um, and he just happened to be between gigs and was willing to take it on. And he, uh, he and the rest of the team really helped power it through and, uh, and grow it. Uh, and it was Jesse who sent an email to Matt when we were thinking about doing another round of fundraising, uh, saying, hey, Matt, would you be interested in investing? And uh, it went, went from there. So uh, just for the sake of, uh, of clarity, folks, here, because I'm going to get about 20 emails in the next week asking if I was that angel investor from San Diego. That was not me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was not asked because it's likely that uh, I would have probably jumped on board before automatic. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, that, is, that is amazing. So now, I mean, you've grown it to where, where it is today. Um, and now talk to me a little bit about that transition. Well, for, first, let's talk about, What's the value prop here? What is it that you're doing? What does Brute Protect do to help people? What is that value? Why so, should people... Yeah, so, so what we're doing is protecting against distributed brute force attacks. And sort of the way I, I like to explain that is, uh, you know, brute force attacks have been going on forever, and yep. there were great plugins like uh, Limit Login Attempts and Login Lockdown that did a really good job of protecting against a brute force attack coming from one computer. Uh, and then they started getting smarter, and uh, you know you would get malware installed on hundreds of thousands of computers. 
so that one one of those computers could try to log into a website over and over, and as soon as it would get blocked, it would tell the second one, hey, I'm trying to get into this site. It's blocked me out. Here are the uh, usernames and passwords that I've tried already. Uh, you try some more, and so on and so forth, and it will pass that down the line. Uh, what we started doing was tracking uh, <clears throat> failed login attempts to WordPress sites centrally. So we could start to identify which IPs are trying again and again to log into different WordPress sites because that's not really a pattern that, uh, that you see from someone who's legitimately locked out of their sites. Uh, and so we've sort of served as a central repository to give the thumbs up or thumbs down to whether or not you should let a certain IP try and log into your site. Love it. So let me ask you this. What is the difference between that, and I'll go back to that question from before, and distributed denial of service, right? The, the, the inherent question, I think, that comes with that is you've got certain amount of traffic and patterns that are hitting your, your website, your server. Um, does performance and availability become a problem, right? You're protecting within the server versus out at the edge and stopping all this traffic from hitting. One of the, 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 the key components in the triad of security is that availability. How does that affect uh, your availability? Um, and what is what is the fundamental difference? How do you protect against either or? So um, you know, I, I've, with a uh, distributed denial of uh, service attack or a DDoS attack, mm -hmm. uh, really the the point of the attack is to go and take out take down websites. You that's, know, right. that's that's what they're trying to do. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, brute force login attacks can have the same effect of taking down websites. It's more of an uh, inadvertent uh, consequence rather than the goal of the attack. Certainly. Uh, one of the things that we found with Brute Protect is uh, it, unintentionally it ended up uh, doing a decent job of mitigating those effects because what we were able to do is block uh, uh, block login attempts after two or three database queries instead of uh, 16 plus database queries if it tries to go the whole way through. However, you know, it, it was never built or intended to be a, a DDoS uh, protection. Uh, so really, you know, if uh, if you want protection from DDoS, then you need to get something, uh, you know, higher up. You need to get something at the firewall level before yeah, it gets in your server. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought about a, a, a similar service that would be like a blacklist for bad clients, and you could just add bad, and then everybody that does client work could just kind of have this list and compare their, their new leads. Again. I mean, I love it because it, it, it does kind of cross a bit, but there's a, there's a, there's a, big, there's a big difference there, and I, I think it needs to be clear that, um, you know, denial of service happens, right? But it's typically targeted. It's not as opportunistic based as you find with brute force attacks, which is, you know, attack uh, attack a large number, um, and I might get ten out of out of the hundred that I attack versus being, hey, you know, Miley Cyrus, uh, and I want to attack her because of whatever reason, and I'm going to take down her service. So there's a fundamental difference, and they're both, although there's overlap, um, uh, you know, some of the um, some of the symptoms or things that happen with a brute force attack at scale or high volume could kind of lead into uh, denial of service, but they're certainly different. Um, and what Brute Protect is doing is stopping those attacks, which is typically trying uh, key combinations, right? Uh, you're trying passwords and, and usernames, trying to enumerate and figure out ways to get it into your poorly uh, password-protected system. I, I, I Awesome. 
just awesome, man. I'm I'm over here giggling like this is, <laughs> this is good stuff. So, oh man! So brute protects rocking, right? It's growing. You're blocking. You're you're, you're blocking requests and logins. Your your base is growing, and then you end up, uh, you know, through the story that you told us, uh, being acquired by automatic. Yep. Um, so now your role has changed somewhat um, yep. in terms of rather than working on just you know the brute protect, you are looking you are working on uh, brute protect uh, in jetpack. Yeah. Exactly. And, and maybe if, if anyone listening doesn't know what jetpack is, maybe you can give the quick you know high level spiel on what jetpack is. I, I would assume they do if they're listening to this show, but who knows? I would hope so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, jetpack is a plugin that uh, hopefully anyone who's uh, self hosting their WordPress site should be running. Uh, you know, we're we're out there to uh, uh, really uh, uh, provide a lot of the uh, functionality that we built for WordPress.com uh, at Automatic. Uh, that can't be part of core for one reason or another, and take that and move it over into uh, uh, self-hosted sites. So things like providing a really good way to uh, uh, publicize your content out, or uh, you know, uh, being able to uh, post by email through our servers, uh, have uh, followers, and all of that go through us. Likes, uh, you know, Photon. We provide a, a CDN. Uh, for no cost at all, uh, which is a, a pretty cool thing, um, and there are a lot of other uh, other features that are available, and uh, you know we put it out there and uh, also fully support it, uh, so that you can uh, you know, get support from uh, paid employees uh, who will help you figure out why it's not working if it's not working, uh, which is better than most free plugins. Uh, and with, uh, with Jetpack 3.4, uh, we actually put out 3.5 last week, but in 3.4, uh, Jetpack Protect was rolled in, which gives you uh, access to the Brute Protect servers uh, right there through Jetpack. That is awesome because you are, I think Jetpack's on, I don't know, a million plus sites, more than that probably, a lot of sites. Many, many sites. Um, and you are now protecting all those sites. So now are you using kind of taking that uh, that blacklist database that you started building? Did you start with that on the Jetpack side? Did you start fresh? Was it a bit of a combination, or how did that work? Yep, so for now, Jetpack is still calling back to the Brute Protect API servers. Um, and so we, we're uh, maintaining those still, uh, and Jetpack uses those. Uh, then we also have it uh, tying into the WordPress.com uh, uh, servers so that we can uh, we can utilize data on uh, blocked logins from WordPress.com. I got a question. Um, so black, the blacklist approach I think is awesome, but I think a combination or some hybrid of blacklist whitelist approach is is usually uh, yeah. what I found strongest. Uh, how does that work in terms of you being able to say I want to I want to um, I want to just block any type of attacks except, or any type of login attempts except from this range of IP. So I'm just whitelisting what is allowed versus allowing anybody to come over there and see that. Yeah, so we don't allow you to just determine IPs that are able to log in. Uh, we, we do allow you to whitelist IPs that will never get blocked. Uh, and if you fail login from one of those IPs, it doesn't get reported back to our servers. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't allow you to uh, to just uh, allow logins from certain IPs. 
you know, the, the best way to go about that, if that was something that you wanted to do, would be to use, uh, you know, HT Access, where you can uh, uh, do it in a way that's going to be more performant. You don't need to do it at the PHP level. Uh, and so we found that most people uh, want to do that. Really, our, our goal with Brew Protect and Jetpack Protect would be uh, as unobtrusive as possible. Right? We don't want people to have to change the way that they think about logging into their website. We don't want them to uh, have to say, oh, you know, I, I'm traveling next week. Oh, shoot, I forgot to list, lift my white list. Ah, and, this, is, uh, this is where you become, uh, you, you build the capability to do that from WordPress.com. So it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you can whitelist from a third-party site. And you can currently whitelist from WordPress.com, yes. Hey, I'm just throwing out there stuff. Look, this yeah. is for you guys for free. No, no, no charge. Buy <laughs> me a beer next time we're hanging out, big guy. Sounds good. I, I would do it anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. So what's uh, next? I mean, you got so protection there. It was in the last release. Uh, yeah. Three five is the latest. It was in three four. Um, where does it go from here? Are you solely focused on protect? Are you working in other areas of Jetpack? I, I I'm working on all sorts of uh, areas in the plugin right now. Um, awesome. You know, protect is uh, is my baby, and uh, you know, my, myself and uh, Rocco, who came over from our team, and Derek, who came over from our team, uh, are, are really, uh, you know, our our first priority is making sure that that works well. But we're also working on all sorts of other uh, other aspects of uh, of Jetpack. Very cool. Very cool. That's a, that's a really neat story, and I think it's uh, the, the passion that you have around it, I think, is pretty obvious, just in, in hearing you kind of talk about it and describe it. It's always neat to see people that are really yeah. doing things that make them happy, and, yeah. and they're passionate about it. Only, only good stuff is going to come from that. Yeah. Dre? Hey, brother. It's, is it time? Uh, yeah, it's time. Let's get, let's get into this week's uh, Pressing Topics. Word. Pressing. Topics of the week. Whoa, Daddy, we've had a release, then a release, another release, and then on top of that, another release. What's going on here? 4.2 followed shortly thereafter with 4.2.1. We've had some craziness going on here, although 4.2 is pretty slick. Have you guys had an opportunity to really dig into what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, on my side, I've been playing with it throughout the betas and the, the release candidates. Um, put, put a few sites on 4.2. Haven't dug into to kind of the under-the-hood stuff as much, you know, kind of digging into the new functions and things like that, but just playing with some of the new larger features that we're focused on. Um, I, I, want, I just want all of my links from now on to have the pizza emoji in them. That's what I want. Like every single one. We have emoji support, that is for sure. <laughs> um, There's a filter for that. There's a filter for that. Um, extra pepperoni, eh? It's out. I mean, it's uh, it's nice to see these releases coming fairly on time per the schedule. Um, I, I, you know, I think people are starting to get used to this to the quote unquote smaller releases in terms of feature set. I'd much rather have three releases a year than one release a year that has 50 features. I think it's a little easier to kind of you know stomach and, and digest and work through the updates and stuff. So it's uh, seems like a great release and. Um, uh, Drew uh, Drew James led it, which is awesome. His first release lead. Yeah, he's a badass. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, Love a lot it. Of cool stuff coming out of it. The um, the security stuff is a little bit concerning, but it's like I said on the last show. You know, they're being they're being proactive. There was kind of a zero day vulnerability, but they had an update out later that day. So um, it just goes to speak how how important security is at the WordPress team, uh, the core developers, and the, and the core uh, security team with WordPress. 
um, that when it is something's alerted, they get in there and take care of it. Twenty-five uh, percent of the internet. Um, that's all I got. That's that's a lot of damn websites. So to tell me that they're not uh, efficient in when a vulnerability is discovered or disclosed, coming in and figuring out a solution for getting that fixed, and then deploying that automatically to a large percentage of that. I mean, you find anything at at scale that's that's close to the efficiency that the WordPress security team has implemented uh, in, in terms of of getting these things fixed when when stuff comes. It's going to happen, and especially when you're um, as such a large platform that's targeted. Um, you know, I'm going to compare it to to Microsoft and Windows how I have in the past. Um, it's bound to happen. You should be lucky to be seeing these damn updates come through uh, as often as you are, not just from a security standpoint, but what feature sets and so on are coming. We're, we're really blazing um, through these these cycles efficiently and just a lot of cool stuff coming. So, yeah, kudos to them. The security stuff's going to happen. I, I really think it's how it's handled uh, that, that is more important uh, because that's that's not a constant, right? We don't know how it's going to be handled. Uh, but uh, every, every time uh, uh, in recent history they've had to deal with it, they've handled it uh, like professionals, and I'm pretty excited about it. And 4.3 has already had a kickoff, so um, I always wonder. It's like 4.2 is out the door, then a few days later, all right, next version. I'm just like, don't take a break. Like you got to breathe a little bit, you know. But that's no that's rest the, for the wicked. No, no doubt, man. Having the uh, the various release leads uh, change helps that because the person coming in is probably a little bit fresher than the person uh, going out in terms of the release lead. So the person going out could kind of take a bit more, probably a bit longer of a break, uh, pass the torch over. Uh, next release I'm pretty excited about, Constantine Obelin's going to be doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, really, really, really smart dude. Uh, really uh, a big part of the Underscore Project um, and the themes in general. So uh, it's going to be really neat to see these conversations start um, kind of solidifying around what features we can expect. Well, on features and even just management in general, menu management, Jetpack 3.5 in this release that came out uh, last week as well. If you don't mind talking about that a bit, if you can, um, that that release seemed to be well aligned with uh, with the 4.2 release, um, and I'd like to kind of talk about that a bit. How, how'd that all come about in terms of the menu management stuff and then releasing maybe as quickly or closely as possible with 4.2? So really, you know, the uh, uh, we were planning on doing the uh, the release last week, and uh, you know when we saw you know 4.2 is coming up uh, and we're going to be ready when 4.2 releases. It was really, you know, just an idea to relieve as much uh, update fatigue as possible. If we can put as many updates in one place so that people don't have to go back in over and over again, people who, of course, are not using uh, the the feature of Jetpack where you can turn on auto-updates. But really, we wanted to make it as easy for people as possible so they could go in there and, and update all at once. Uh, you know, we, we had to push... Uh, two other releases earlier in the week to coincide with the big security release that had come out. Sure. And so, you know, we, we didn't want to, uh, you know, become too annoying. Yeah, well, I think that actually reminds me, I think uh, BuddyPress and WordPress had a release that was somewhat in sync a few versions ago. I don't think it was intentional either. It just happened. They're like, yeah, why not? Yeah. So I don't think it was the exact thing, but it was a few days off, which was kind yeah. of odd, I thought. Well, I mean, and we don't get into we don't need to get into too much strategery here. But something that I keep finding uh, more and more interesting is all that centralization of site management features that keeps heading over to WordPress.com for WordPress.org uh, installations. In this instance, uh, the ability to manage your site's menus directly from from .com. 
it's it, I, this is obviously not coincidental, um, and it's kind of heady. I, I want to know what the the big pie in the sky is, man. Well, so so really, one of the things that we've been focus on focusing on here with Jetpack Manage is the ability to have people. Uh, managing their websites from one place. Uh, you know, we've taken surveys and seen that the, the vast majority of people are running more than one WordPress site, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can give you one place where you can go and uh, post to any of your blogs, update all of your plugins, manage your menus, any of that, uh, you know, it, it, it creates a better experience. Uh, not to mention the fact that the interface on WordPress.com is all JavaScript driven, and so it's really fast, really responsive. Um, I've found myself over the uh, over the last few months really dreading it when I have to go into my site's WP admin because I'm so used to doing as much as possible. You know, I try and post on my blog every day. I always do it from the WordPress.com interface because it's slick, it's fast, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, as more and more people try it out and use it, they're going to really appreciate uh, the ability to have everything in one spot there. And that's probably a bit of a clue into what we can see, kind of the WordPress core dashboard uh, direction it's been heading. We've heard uh, a lot of talk around kind of, you know, JavaScript is a, is a future in terms of WordPress development. <laughs> um, if you're going to do anything WordPress, you really got to get into the JavaScript side of things. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about that, kind of, you know, updating the updating the dashboard to be a bit more performant, a little bit less PHP, a little bit more JavaScript, uh, where it makes sense. So it'll be interesting to see where we're at in a few years from now. Maybe we won't even have a dashboard. <laughs> it'll be a microchip in your neck. <laughs> I'll just blink to publish. I'll control it from my Google Glass. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Oh, boy. So speaking of, we talked about some events a little bit earlier, and I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because I thought it was really cool. Uh, the team over at Manage WP, um, uh, Vladimir, who we've had on the show, it's been a little while now, um, they built a really cool site that's kind of an event hub for WordPress events. Um, so if you visit managewp.com or I'm sorry, managewp.org/events, um, they have this really slick, um, and it's fairly new, so I expect it to not have every event, but this really slick kind of interactive map with searching and filtering that you can kind of drill into and find different events. Uh, what's really interesting about this is one, you know, WordCamp Central is just kind of a list with dates and not, and not locations. So if you're going to a country you maybe not familiar with, maybe you know you're coming from Asia to the U.S. and you're not familiar with the cities and states or where they're at necessarily. Um, seeing it on a map can definitely help, right? Um, the other cool factor is that it's not just WordCamps. You know, he's listing these kind of niche conferences we've talked about, like Loop yep. Conference, Theme uh, Theme Conf coming up, and, and Cabo Press and Meetups. So it's kind of this. The goal is to have this centralized hub where if you're if you're going somewhere, or even in your own area, and you're just looking for WordPress events, this would be a place to go. And if it's not there, you can go ahead and add it. So I'm anxious to see this fill out. Um, what do you guys think? Is this something people are going to use? Is this a good tool for the community? Uh, you know, geez, man, I'm in and out of events, especially when you're 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 distributing content, uh, visiting um, WordCamps, invited to speak. Uh, I'm I'm constantly on .org, uh, the uh, WordCamp.org. Uh, we talk about it on the show every Wednesday. Here we announce three or four different uh, upcoming events. Um, it's it's at least something that I'm checking weekly. I can see this as a resource that I use to augment my efforts uh, and talking about events or planning uh, for events. So yeah, I think it's a cool resource. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm in the same boat as Dre here. It's uh, it, it's going to be very cool, especially when you're traveling uh, uh, 
you know, traveling a long distance. Hopefully, we'll start to see more meetups on there. Uh, you know, yes. I would love to be able yes. to see, you know, hey, I'm in Bulgaria. Uh, is yeah. there a meetup I can go to uh, and, and uh, get in touch with the local community? Yeah, it looks Love like it. they kind of pulled in all the WordCamps, um, but they, I don't think they pulled in all the meetups. So, like, I'm looking yeah. in Philly. has a WordCamp. We have two meetups in Philly, one in the downtown, you know, Philly proper, and one in the suburbs. Uh, so I'm going to go in there and add those. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, – we've got to get the word out to meetup organizers. Yeah. Get on here, add your event. I'm sure there's a moderation, but they'll approve it, and that way you can get some more visibility yeah. on, your, on your meetup group. It would be cool, though, if, if they can uh, start pulling in from meetup.com. It would be. My only gripe, and, and I don't know if it's really a gripe, my only concern there is if you go to, like, the wordpress.meetup.com, I think it is, uh-huh. they kind of mix in some meetups that are, like, just, like, dev, or, like, they're not really WordPress-only. WordPress uh, marketing the worst for dogs. Yeah, yeah which maybe <laughs> isn't the worst thing, but the last thing I'd want to do is see this thing get jumped up with a bunch of, yeah, like, you know, yeah. WordPress SEO for content marketers and, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a way we could filter that and make it work. Content marketers need love too, Brad. This is true. Now I just pissed <laughs> off all of our content marketer listeners. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God. Well, we just lost another half of uh, our our viewership. That's great. Oh boy. Better watch all out. Two you don't lose both of them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Facebook. Uh, man, it, it's funny. We we. Uh, a couple years ago, I think it was around the time we were doing um, the WP Late Night, Brad. Uh, we, I think we bashed them for coming into the the WordPress plugin market so damn late. We're like, geez, what's going on here? Facebook doesn't have a, an official WordPress plugin. And then we were like, oh, this is great. They got it. Yeah, they just killed it. It's gone. So no longer is there an official Facebook, um, um, yeah. you know, plugin pl- WordPress plugin. They, they've abandoned the project. Damn, it's it's that's unfortunate because um, one, Facebook has money, right? That's no secret. <laughs> but two, like nobody really wants to work on the Facebook API. So if when when Facebook is literally not wanting to work on their own API, <laughs> that's like a big red flag. Well, why would anybody want to touch it if Facebook's like, you know what? Nah, nah, we're done. It's too bad because it was nice to have kind of an official, you know, an official. Product and I didn't use it all the time because it had some features I didn't necessarily need all the time. But sometimes I did, and it's and it definitely gives like clients and people a comfort level knowing this is Facebook's product. They put their stamp on it. They have you know their devs behind it and working with you know core people. But uh, it's too bad. I think they they I don't know. It's 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 unfortunate. I hope they reconsider and come back and, and dust it off and and update it. Uh, on that on that note, the Facebook note, you're going to see an update to uh, Jetpack in the next couple of days uh, to uh, go along with changes Facebook is making to their API. Uh, so if you want your share counts to keep working, uh, you're going to want to update to uh, to three five one when you see it uh, see it hit your screen. And you can easily do that from you can easily do that from WordPress.com. Absolutely, you can <laughs> <laughs> update all your sites. Okay, they may not want the menu management. They may not care about the protection on their site. But man, if you screw with their shares and their likes, <laughs> dude, they get right. pissed, man. My yeah, button's yeah. not working. <laughs> I should have I four have more shares. Likes. What's going on here? It's terrible. Well, hey, look, uh, man, we went through we went through the topics pretty damn quickly, but I think we got some cool um, things to talk about and share uh, some useful tips with this week's bar tricks. Let me show you a bar trick. Brad. 
All right. <laughs> Still love that. Uh, well, hey, let's, geez, let's kick it off. Sam, um, well, show me what you're working with. <laughs> so my bar trick for the day is a uh, an app I've actually used for a couple years now called Get Cloak, or rather uh, called Cloak, available at getcloak.com. Uh, the cool thing about Cloak is it detects if you are on an unsecured Wi-Fi network and automatically routes you through their VPN uh, so that you can stay safe while you are out there on the Internet. And uh, you can even uh, do like I do and uh, use it to route your traffic uh, out of the country when you're trying to get a baseball game you're blacked out from. So it's useful for multiple things. And, and we like baseball. Not, cool. not, not that we would uh, in any way say that you should do anything illegal, um, but baseball kicks ass. Just saying. You, you do anything for baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Go Angels. Get back to 500, you pansies. Uh, please please <laughs> just win a game. God. Just a game would be good. Just a game. <laughs> hey, just wait, we end up doing this every year, Brad. Like, damn, Philly suck. Damn, Angels are garbage. Oh. <laughs> what the bright side is. You should have me on more often because the Cardinals are doing great. Oh, hey, uh, we're friends yeah, until yeah, just yeah. now. Thanks. There's a lot of Cardinal fans in this community, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's more Cardinal fans than any other <laughs> baseball team. At least, and maybe it's just the Cardinal fans are much more vocal because they've been pretty good the last few years. <laughs> and all the other fans have been kind of behind I don't know, man. If you compare them to Green Bay Packers fans, there's a whole lot of those, too. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of Packers fans. Well, that's where Lisa's ears just perked up. Packers. Yes, yeah, like, huh? <laughs> um, Cloak, awesome, awesome app. Uh, certainly recommend it. It is uh, super useful. I've used it in the past, and I think uh, I think you should try it. Good secure way to log into areas that uh, maybe uh, maybe you should question. Uh, so good stuff. Bradford, what you got there, big boy? Yes, sir. Well, I have um, a cool little tool that was actually built by one of our front-end devs over at Web Dev Studios, Nate. Um, and it's a theme generator. Uh, it's pretty neat. It's at themeindex.net slash theme hyphen generator. We'll have a link in the show notes. Um, what's cool is you just put in your theme name, slug, author, author URL, description, um, and it will generate a theme that's built using Grunt, Sass, Bourbon, and Neat. Um, that is completely based off of um, our kind of uh, fork of underscores, which is called WDS underscores. Uh, so it kind of packages everything, all the kind of modern technologies, um, into a nice theme starting point. So if you're into kind of working with underscores, check it out. If you haven't used some of these things like SAS and Grunt, great great way to start playing with it. Um, I don't use these things because I'm a back-end dev, but I know the front-end devs love it and designers love it. So... Um, it's 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 really cool stuff. Um, it's it's pretty. Neat. Put your info in there, click generate, bam! You got a nice starter theme. You can start hacking away on. Very nice, very nice. I do want to say, um, Stacy, I know you're listening out there, and I apologize for using bad words. It won't happen again today. My apologies. All right, so <laughs> onto mine. Um, I I've actually. Been uh, in the planning stages to take my family on a vacation a la Griswold uh, this summer in an RV. Uh, we're not quite, you know, going as far probably, but certainly hitting a couple areas in in the southwest uh, world. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave California this July and we're gonna hit um, uh, the Colorado River into the Grand Canyon into Colorado and then up into a couple places into U Utah uh, and then down into Lake Mead before heading back. Um, so I was trying to find a way, an intuitive way to, to kind of like plan 
the trip uh, and the different stops that we were going to, kind of research uh, different RV parks and attractions and stuff along the way. My AAA member, good SAM member, and they just seem to have terrible, uh, like terrible sites for planning trips. Um, started doing a little research and I came across this uh, this service named RoadTrippers.com, and it's a maps. Uh, it's a map program uh, built for travelers, and it, it, uh, it kind of maps out tons of hotels, attractions, natural wonders, a bunch of weird stuff, RV parks, gas stations, and um, you're able to hit kind of different waypoints across where, wherever you're going in the U.S., Canada, uh, Mexico. I'm assuming uh, it's, it extends beyond that, although I haven't tried it. And uh, it'll map out, and it'll show you different places where you can reserve it. It gives you reviews, pictures, um, um, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and even down to calculating how much, based on how much, uh, what your gas mileage is on your vehicle if you're driving, uh, how much gas is going to cost you uh, across the trip. So take a look when you get a chance if you're planning a trip. Uh, Roadtrippers.com. It's, it's an cool. app. Yeah, man. It's just Make really sure you want to get RV just to, to use the app. Well, easy enough. What you do is you fly over here. We plan a trip back to Philly, and uh, we'll be rocking and rolling. Drat on the road. That sounds like trouble. <laughs> that sounds like a felony um, or two. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it, folks. That's this week's Bar Tricks. Really cool stuff. Um, so check it out. It'll all be in the show notes. Events coming up May 15th through the 16th. Uh, WordCamp Maine uh, is coming up. We've got WordCamp Miami as well. Uh, come June time frame, we've got WordCamp Orange County, the 6th through the 7th, WordCamp Philly the following week, the 13th through the 14th, right into WordCamp Europe, the third installation um, of all of Europe getting together to talk all things WordPress, uh, June 26th through the 28th. Uh, you going to any uh, any special uh, special WordCamps here planned in the upcoming months there, Sam? No, I am uh, I'm going to loop. Uh, nice. What's that next weekend? Uh, next but weekend. then, other than that, uh, I, I'm trying to stay home a, as much as possible right now. Uh, we we bought a new house in the fall, and so we're uh, we're still trying to get our backyard set up and uh, and kind of enjoy being home for a little bit. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, no, no more word camps for a few months. Well, congratulations on the home. That's always exciting. Yeah. Uh, getting the 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 yard the yard work's fun, man. You can kind of look back and see what you built. It's super cool. Congratulations. Where um where can people find you? Uh, any uh any particular place you wanna you wanna talk to folks? Twitter, uh, Facebook, and so on. Yeah. So you can find me on uh, on Twitter at Hotchkiss Web. Uh, you can also uh, get in touch with me through my blog, where I try to post a daily at SWH. That's awesome. If you're looking for more info directly on Brute uh, Protect, head over to BruteProtect.com. Or if you want to, uh, the plugin's still in the repository. Uh, of course, Jetpack is rocking and rolling with Brute Protect, but a lot of good info um, that, that can be found out there. Congratulations on that, man. Super, super yeah. exciting. Very, very, very cool story. Cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you guys for having me as well. Oh no! It's been a hoot, and uh, hopefully we'll have you we'll have you back sometime soon. Bradford, where can we find you, buddy? Uh, I'm gonna be curled up in a bed with some Nyquil in about five minutes. But actually, you know what? Don't don't come to my bed. That would be awkward. Just uh, Twitter, Williams BA. That that'll work. I love it. And uh, well, hell, uh, and I'm Dre Meta for the Rad and Drad. I'm the Doctor. Thanks for joining us on episode 79 of the Dradcast here with Sam Hotchkiss. Have a good one, folks. Deuces. Peace.
Booyah! There you have it, folks, the latest edition of the Dradcast. If you dig the show, make sure you pass it on. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to older episodes, visit the Dradcast website at dradcast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at Dradcast on Twitter, and we thank you for tuning in. Join Dre and Brad plus a new guest host next week. Yes! On another episode of the Dreadcast. Yeah.